The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast with me, Kenzie Elizabeth, and not my producer, Taylor, because I am currently in Texas. Hopefully you guys notice a difference in this intro quality. I big time upgraded my podcast equipment for recording remote. Normally I record in the studio, so the audio is like great. And then the mic that I had at my house was just, you know, it didn't really compare. So it was really obvious. So I made the splurge, took the splurge, made the splurge. Yeah, made the splurge. I don't know, English guys. And I got all new equipment, great equipment. Um, If you guys are interested in podcasting or any of this for any reason, if you guys go to amazon.com slash shop slash Kinsey Elizabeth, I have an entire um, little section that tells you everything that I use to record podcast. But anyways, um, little story of my day. Um, I woke up at 5, 10 a.m., to, which was not for anything fun. It was to go to the DMV. I need a Texas ID. So the place opens at 7.30. DMVs here are really rough. And I know that for everyone listening from Texas, I know you can like do the inline thing or whatever. It just wasn't working. Anyways, long story short, basically, if you want to get a spot in line, that's not going to take forever. You have to arrive an early, hour early. So I got there at 6.20 a.m. and I waited for an hour and 10 minutes with my perfect boyfriend, Quentin, who just came along for the ride. And it was 40 degrees out at the like highest. I think it was actually like 30 something. So awful. Neither of us came prepared for that. I don't know what I was thinking. I just, I don't know, literally don't know what I was thinking. Um, yeah. So we waited for forever. Finally at 930, I'm like ready. I've taken my photo. I've done fingerprints, everything set. All my stuff's been checked and they enter it. And like, there was something wrong in the system, blah, blah, blah. I have to get all these phone calls today. So I basically went for, I mean, not no reason because like I needed to figure that out, but you know, I don't have a license or an ID here yet. So <laughs> that was really something. Anyways, um, on to happier, better topics. I think I have found a great place to work out in Dallas. I tried out Solid Core and I know that they have locations elsewhere. I don't know how big they are, how many locations there are, but it was just Reformer Pilates. And it's really cool because the lights are blue. The whole like vibe and atmosphere is really cool. And I really liked it. So love that. I've been a big fan of that. That's my high of the week. My low of the week. I don't even normally normally do these would be the DMV thing that I just left. I literally got home like an hour ago and it is currently 1055 in Texas time, which means that the place in California is not open. So as soon as I record this intro, I will be getting on very, very boring phone calls for quite some time. So for those of you who are not aware, I actually recently started a newsletter. In my head, I have a blog and I'm like really cool. That's what this newsletter is to me. Um, but it's really fun. I share my favorite follows, reads, listens, products. There's also a section on there that has all of my kind of discount codes and just ways to save money on there, whether that be from deals I have going on my YouTube channel or the podcast. So for instance, if you guys listen to me do a podcast deal and I have a discount code and then you want to go back later to use it and it's not in the show notes and you cannot remember where I said it in this hour long podcast. No need to fear because you can just join the mailing list on the newsletter and then you guys get them emailed to you so that you'll have them and it's available to use so much easier, just so much better. Also, in honor of this podcast and the one series that we kind of have going, which is the like what I've been learning or things I've been learning series. For some reason, you guys love those episodes. We have a section on there where I just fill out a little 
something I've been learning. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's like just dumb, you know, but I think you guys would really like it if you listen to this. Anyways, in honor of the newsletter, I'm going to share a few of my favorites just so you guys can kind of get a vibe. My current favorite podcast is the So Money podcast. If you guys are into finances, money, whatever that might be, this is really great. It goes so much further than just saving $5 a day at a latte. Like it's just, it's really helpful. If you guys are like me, I really know not, I probably know a little bit more than normal just because I don't get my taxes taken out of my paycheck, but that's pretty much about it. Like I just want to be a lot more kind of aware of my finances and just more intelligent and making smarter decisions. I recently met with a financial advisor, not because I'm mature or responsible or have my life together, actually the complete opposite to get my life in order, which has been great. But that episode or that podcast, I've really been loving. If you guys have any other like ones that you think I would like, please let me know in the Facebook group. I listen to what you guys have to say all the time. Actually, one of you guys recommended that to me. So I love those recs in the Facebook group. I like live in that thing. It's so much fun. My favorite read would be Crush the Chatterbox by Stephen Furtick. If you guys are ever needing book recommendations, my Amazon shop page always has them ready to go. Um, Favorite clothing item or article or whatever it might be. I've been obsessed with girlfriend denim. I am living in these two pairs I just got from Revolve. They're the best jeans ever. I think investing in jeans, there's just nothing like a good pair of jeans and they last forever. I love them. If you guys are ever interested in any of my kind of clothes, especially my denim, you guys should go follow me on my like to know it profile. If you guys don't know what like to know it is, it's like really awesome. There's a lot of bloggers on there and basically everything that they post is shoppable. So you just follow them on there and it's like you literally just click the photo and then you click like the item that you want and then you shop it immediately. It's so much faster than Instagram swipe ups or any of that. Love that. I have fallen back in love with my Hydro Flask. Like it's actually a very sad story. I just left my Hydro Flask at Core Power earlier this week, but... I wanted a white one anyways, and I wasn't going to spend the money on it. But since I lost it, I felt like I had to. So um, I got a white one. It arrives in the mail today, but it actually is the only thing that makes me drink more water. I'm really bad about drinking water. My hydro flask is just the best thing ever. Also, you save a lot of money at workout classes. Okay, my last favorite is my William Sonoma mug. So I am really into mugs. My roommates always tell me I have way too many, which now I don't have roommates to tell me that. So it doesn't matter. But um, the double wall glass coffee mugs from William Sonoma are the best things ever. I'm just obsessed with them. Like they're so fun. They're my favorite mug. I love them. Like I'm very picky. I like large mugs. I like them to feel, I don't even know how to describe it, but for some reason, I'm just really into mugs. And these are some of my favorite to date. So yeah, there's also a cute little quote, my favorite follow, all that stuff. But anyways, that's enough of my faves and the newsletter. Today's episode is very exciting. We have Olivia and Kyle of The Clear Cut. They are co-founders, CEO and COO. If you guys are not familiar with the clear cut, you should be. It's really cool. Um, I was never the girl who grew up like with a Pinterest board for my wedding or any of that. So I literally know absolutely nothing. But even I am like obsessed with this page. So it's just really cool. It's really awesome to see like what they've been able to do. I also love businesses like this one. If you guys don't know, you guys will hear in the episode, but it essentially kind of started from a blog. The blog was just a resource that was, again, adding value to people like me who knew nothing about any of this stuff. So Olivia was just an angel and giving away all of her knowledge. 
And then she started selling and then it kind of just became this huge thing. And now they're in Forbes 30 under 30, which of course I ask a lot of questions about because I needed all the details and I just wanted to know the behind the scenes of that. So they gave it to me. They gave me all the details and their story is really, really cool. They're also married, so it's cool to kind of see what that dynamic is like. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, guys. Hey. hey. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for, Thanks having, for having us. us. Um, you guys said that in sync. Very cute. <laughs> do you guys want to do a little background on, your, on yourself? Yeah, totally. So I am Olivia. I'm the CEO and co-founder of The Clear Cut, which is a direct-to-consumer diamond engagement and fine jewelry company. I'm also a fourth-generation jeweler and GIA graduate gemologist. And I am Kyle Simon. I am my not husband. Her husband. <laughs> and, not a fourth and generation co-founder. and co-founder. Not a fourth generation gemologist, but am co-founder and COO of the Clear Cut. Oh my gosh, so cool. Um, where are you guys from? So I'm originally from Miami Beach, Florida. Oh, okay, but cool. I'm, we've been living in New York for a really long time. And I'm originally from Chicago. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I've never been to Miami. I love Chicago. It's like one of my favorite cities. Miami's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, especially this time of the year. It's I nice. have so many friends who are there right now and I'm like, I'm actually so jealous. Okay, so before we get into the clear cut, we're going to do a little hot seat. Okay. This is my personal fave part of the podcast. And my favorite question, the first one is best purchase under $100 that you've made in the past six months. Ooh, it's a hard one. I would have to say my slip silk sleeping eye mask has literally changed my entire life. I sleep so much better. And I think it's been like the past couple of months I've been using it. We've been traveling so much that it has really, really helped me like just I need to be in like pitch black when I go to sleep. So it really, really helps you that. And it's like, I don't know, the weight on your face kind of relaxes you a little yes, bit. Yes, there's some. Yes, I agree. So now I'm like addicted. I need to buy like all of the like pillowcases and hair scrunchies and like all of those things. I have the pillowcases. Big fan. 10 out of 10. I have the eye mask too. I don't ever use it unless I'm traveling. But when I travel, it is the biggest game changer for me because I just knock out like from LAX to JFK. I slept the entire time just because of that sleep mask. Yeah, right? Well, now I like need it to sleep like anywhere, which is kind of a problem. (laughs) But it's okay. It's really good for your skin too. Yeah, it like helps with wrinkles, right? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And my purchase would be, so we've been on a honeymoon for the past two, three weeks in Japan and we spent $98, so under $100, for this pocket Wi-Fi thing that gave us like really fast Wi-Fi wherever we were. Very and much recommended if you're going like all over Japan to like get the pocket Wi-Fi. It was a game Because we were like kind of lost the entire time. <laughs> yes. So without yeah, that, that would we were very lost. And like no one spoke English. So we're like, okay, we definitely need internet right now. Oh my gosh, that is actually so cool though. I would love to go. Okay, number two. Where's your favorite place in the world? <laughs> my favorite place in the world, it can be only one place, right? You can pick one. If there's a tie, you know. I would say, like, it's tied. I would have to say New York is my favorite place in the world, but it can stress me out a lot. So when I get to a point where I need to escape it for a little bit, Miami is my second favorite yeah. place because that's, like, where my family is. And, like, I grew up and it's so chill and nice. But New York, I, like, at this point where I'm so jaded and spoiled that I can't like ever leave because I'm like addicted to like the energy. Yeah. What neighborhood's your favorite? <laughs> I mean, I my favorite is like West Village, like Greenwich Village. I went to NYU. So that was like okay. the first place I lived when I moved there. And it's like cute. And they're like, Still little coffee shops and it still has like a neighborhoody vibe while still being in the middle of the city. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite? 
My favorite place. <laughs> I'm like interviewing you. <laughs> would probably be a little teeny town in Tuscany called mm. Marlia, which is where I grew up spending like four months every year. It's where we got married. Yeah, that is so um, cool. And it's like this little little town that's like on, we have like a house on a farm. It's really beautiful. It's like from um, like it looks like a movie. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's like my for me like, and every year I think of my entire life of my like, 29 years I've like spent the summer there. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. actually so cool. And we got, like, married, like, on the farm and stuff. It was nice. And had, like, all of our friends stay there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, like, super cool. Oh, my gosh. When did you guys get married? So we got married um, this past June, but we didn't have our honeymoon oh. until now because we worked together, so we yeah, couldn't busy. take work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Congrats. That's so fun. Okay, last one. Biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve are people that are unreliable. Yeah. That might be like timely. I don't know. but no. I, I think because like we're always like working and I don't know, like needing to be like on top of everything. If I can't like rely on someone that like says they're going to do something, I want to like go crazy because yeah. I'm doing so much and I just need like other people to like hold up their end of the bargain, I guess. Yeah, I feel like or, or like not communicating fully. Yeah. Like we're dealing with problems all the time and it's like, let us help you, whether that's a customer, an employee, like whoever it may be, just like tell us what's really on your mind. Because I think often sometimes people think they're being polite, but like not revealing <laughs> yeah. what's up. And like that can be super frustrating. Yes, I think even combining those two, I think people instead of saying like, no, I can't commit to that fully, they'll be like, oh yeah, like we'll see. Even though they know they can't, so you have yeah. like a slot in your Google calendar yeah. for exactly. them and they're not telling the truth and it's just so annoying. Yes, I totally, yes. What's I, your biggest pet peeve? I think my biggest pet, well, actually, I don't think I know my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> I don't, it takes a lot to actually really annoy me, but there is some sort of like sensory disorder where it's like hearing people chew it oh, there's like a name for that. There I just read an article about it. Yes, it. Yeah. exactly. And my mom had it all growing up. Me and my sister now have it. And like, if I hear people smacking their lips, it drives me insane. You'll never be able to know because I cover it so well. I'm just like, I like literally have to like zone out though. I don't know how to describe it. No, but it's it. a thing. It it's is like a, thing. a thing. Yeah. yeah. My mom, like growing up was like, everyone would like, like make fun of her and like chew in her ear and all of us and she's like i'm gonna get older and there's gonna be like research and this is gonna be an actual legitimate mm. thing and it is it so is. it's like so bad like there are some friends that i like purposely don't eat with mm-hmm. or i'll be like yeah just like meet you after or whatever because i know or i like have to actually really focus on anything else besides is the there noise. like a specific cuisine that's like worse than others <laughs> no it's just the like smacking of right, lips right i don't know what only it is. during chewing no like well yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, because I'm like really self conscious like, <laughs> yeah. now that I'm not like smacking. Oh no, 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 no! You would have to, you would know like it has to be obnoxious, but you'd it's be like surprised. Chewing. You would be surprised. I'm like, oh, I'm my concerned. Gosh. I'm gonna be like overly sent, like listening for it now. <laughs> no, it's not people are talking. It's only people are eating. Yeah, but, but I mean like chewing gum. Yeah. 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 Now you'll notice yeah, it. Yeah, notice yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I want to hear all about the clear cut, where it started, the idea, everything. Cool. So I personally come from a long line of people in the jewelry industry. So I'm fourth generation. My dad's side of the family comes from a long line of like diamond cutters and dealers from Antwerp, Belgium. And my mom and my dad started their own antique jewelry business. So I kind of grew up around diamonds, jewelry my whole life, but never thought I would personally get into it until after I graduated college. I was doing a lot of media, fashion, wasn't super passionate or knew kind of what I wanted to do. So I decided to go back to school to GIA, which is the Gemological Institute of America. It was a six-month program to become a gemologist. And I was always kind of interested to 
I grew up around it to learn more. So I decided to do that, fell in love with diamonds, gemstones, all of that. And I actually met Kyle while we were studying there. Yeah. So I came into the industry from like a totally different perspective. So I grew up in Chicago. Actually, when I graduated college, I moved to Africa and worked in politics in Sierra Leone. Dang, that's so cool. I have friends who adopted from there, actually. No yeah, way. Yeah. I'm like... Uh, you probably don't know them, but... No, yeah. no I definitely <laughs> don't know them, but like, I, I speak like Creole and like, so I, like, cool. I like was about it. So lived there and then had an opportunity to actually start a fair trade diamond mining company and did that. But my investors were like, hey, this is cool. You know Africa really well, you know Sierra Leone really well, but you don't know diamonds. So they sent me to diamond school, which is actually where I met Olivia in New York. That was so cool. So So what year was this? This was 2013. Okay, cool. And then while I was at school and then after I started my first job in the industry, which was at Tiffany on the engagement floor. And that's where I really fell in love with like diamonds and like bridal jewelry specifically. And then at the same time, and after I was there, I kind of didn't want to do retail. I wanted to get my hands dirtier. So I went and worked at a really large diamond wholesale company doing production. And at that same time, Kyle's company was going through some- Like Ebola showed up. And Mm -hmm. so I had (laughs) to like leave, which was really sad, sad for the people, sad for the company, sad, like a terrible situation. And so I came back to the United States and I was like, okay, I need to restart my career. I was like, I was like a 25 year old kid who had like started a diamond mining company. Like it was kind of like a weird moment in my life. (laughs) So I went to business school at Columbia to like kind of, I'm like, I'm never going to do a startup again. Like I want a really stable, like corporate job. (laughs) And like, but it was when he was at Columbia, like all of our friends or like his classmates, like start to get engaged, like at the exact same time. Like it was like this wave or like domino effect of people like getting engaged. So they'd all go to Kyle and be like, oh, you have a background in diamonds. You like know a guy that can like hook me up with a ring. And I was that guy. So he would send everyone over to me. I'd help educate them, pick out their diamonds and design like a custom ring. So after a few working with a few people, I realized that most people didn't know the first thing about buying a diamond. So Yeah, I know literally nothing. I <laughs> That's typical. By no. The way. OK, good. I was talking about this earlier and I was like, I'm really excited for this podcast because I'm like, I was never the girl who ever had like the Pinterest board. I've never thought about my wedding. Seriously, I don't even know what like it means, like certain diamonds mean nothing. So continue. Love to hear more. Yeah. Like- <laughs> so that's kind of like how it would be. People would come to me and be like, I don't know anything like teach me everything, tell me what to do. So I started the clear cut as just an educational blog for, you know, these friends and like classmates and clients to read about like the do's and don'ts, the real basics of what we needed, just some background before we work together to like create their ring. Then I started posting some of the actual rings I was creating on Instagram and that's where it kind of grew. So after a few months, like random people started um, following the account, DMing, asking if I could like make their engagement rings like complete strangers. So it turned into this like side hustle where I was making like hundreds of thousands of dollars of engagement rings like on my lunch break. And then at the same time, Kyle was like graduating from business school. And I was I realized I didn't want that corporate job that I thought yeah. I wanted. Yeah. And I was looking at like what Olivia was doing. And I'm like, you have like a really like impressive business that you've built. And she's like, no, it's like a side hustle. And like, <laughs> yeah. da, da, da. It's, like it's not a side hustle when you're doing like that kind of volume. And like people from like across the country were like following the account and getting really there into it. There was like a need that was being mm-hmm. filled and it was like unintentional it was like accidental like yeah yeah and i was like you need to either commit to this full time or like this is going to kind of like die like you have to make the choice and she's like well 
one of us needs to work. So like, <laughs> like full time. So I don't know how that's going to happen. And then we were fortunate enough to get into like Techstars New York, which is a tech accelerator. They give you like a small investment. How um, did you end up finding out about that? So through Columbia, I think. So there was, there's a lot of entrepreneurship at like the business school. And so we were like, what can we do that would be kind of a safer bet with both of us quitting our jobs, like, and something a little bit more structured because I've never really run my own business before. So there are these accelerators, mostly for more tech-heavy companies. We were pretty much like not a tech company. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think that we would actually get in, but we applied as a long shot. And I was like, if we get in, I promise I'll quit my job. But I really didn't think that we would. Yeah. Both sides of our family, both we're our like, parents were devastated. Like, no. Yeah. We were all together actually for Thanksgiving in Italy that um, winter. And we got the call that we got in and everyone was like, what? No, like think about it. It's a big deal. So I had made that promise. So I was like, okay, I'm like, it's now or never. Like, let's just try it out. And worst case scenario, we'll like, get jobs Mm -hmm. and that was two years ago like this week basically so we're like two years old and after that we started growing it was like a hundred percent growth like every quarter at that time we were just doing engagement rings and we like didn't have a website like we didn't (laughs) it was like just educational content on the website and we were like still doing things really like heavy-handed like it was it was a real lift and then we grew we grew the team and then this past year we launched our fine jewelry collection which has been like a really fast growing aspect of the business too so now yeah we've like doubled the team this year and now we're grown like like i think how last- big is the team now Six? Every every okay. week it's kind of changing. We're about we're to hire hiring, like a so. few more. Okay, cool. Um, but right now we're six. Yeah, and okay, like cool. two years ago it was two. Two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you got when you quit your job, like yeah. from there, and you're focusing on the business, like what were the first like practical steps that you'd made? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So. Well, we incorporated the business incorrectly initially and had to deal with like all sorts of legal issues from that <laughs> we like needed to get like a bank account all those like things that aren't fun and yeah. like get like lawyers involved things like that but yes we had to incorporate the company properly <laughs> we had to uh, redo our like website because at the time it was just a blog like no one even knew we were like making engagements. it was kind of you had to know to know and then you obviously get more visibility trying to get like as you go through stages of the company and as your company grows you're like you always face like different challenges right now we're like facing like the scaling growing how to manage new people Mm -hmm. but at that time the first challenge was how do we get customers like how do we make this a sustainable like business to support us we were like if we can get three sales a week like <laughs> yeah that's when we know we're on to something <laughs> which again yeah, which now we can do in like a few hours yeah, yeah now you're fine yeah. Yeah. when you so it starts from instagram and people are kind of just finding you all over how do you think people were finding you from instagram like was it just because there's such a cult following for wedding bands or was it i think were you doing something like we've always had a big emphasis on content creation okay cool. so an education an education because it adds value so people actually follow along yeah exactly so we're always producing a ton of like educational content so even if you're not like ready to like buy today a lot of people have been like following or they stumble upon us in their research like online so i would say most people find us either through instagram or like googling things like that follow along for a while really like delve into like our community and 
then it's kind of word of mouth from there. That is like the strongest. And like literally, we do we do so much content. Like Monday is our podcast. Tuesday is a clear cut couple. Wednesday we put up the question sticker, which like we get hundreds and hundreds of questions every week. And like those questions, first of all, we save them in like a way you can find on the website. So any so you can like question, search like any question that we've oh, ever that's answered. So yeah. nice. And it's also like informed the creation of our collection because we know what the trends are, what people are asking about, like what people want. And then we just create. And then if we get the same questions like over and over, we do a longer form video, like an IGTV on Fridays. That's the clear cut classroom. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. When you <laughs> Like when you were gaining these like followers towards the beginning, mm-hmm. what was kind of the first thing that you felt like? Was there like a post that you felt like kind of gained a lot of popularity, or was there like, did you notice a pattern kind of in like a specific thing at the very beginning? Yeah. So I would say, I mean, Instagram is different now than it was even in like 2016 when we were doing this. Like growth is. I think a lot more challenging now than it used to be. But at that time, it was still a blog. And I did a lot of features on other people that were influential in the industry. So other designers, like like even diamond painters, like just people like in the jewelry space. And when they would promote the blog post that I would do, I would see that they would get eyes on the clear cut. And that's kind of how we picked up our first momentum, like collaborating with other like-minded people. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what? W- who was your first hire? Like, what position? So our first hire, besides Kyle, was <laughs> um, was our head of production and our head gemologist. I actually worked with her at my the company right before I started like, doing the clear cut full time, and she was like the most kick ass gemologist. Her name's Sarah. Shout and, out to Sarah. Yeah, and I left being like, I'm gonna hire you. Like, yeah. just give me some time to like build this up, but like, be ready to come. <laughs> you come were like with on me. like the last like helicopter out, and like I'm coming back for you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I and I, Kyle didn't really know her at the time, and I was like, trust me, this is gonna be a game changer. And like, eventually, we were in a position that we could hire her, and she's like the head of like all like literally like heads up like all our gemologists all of our curations like oversees all the production is just like amazing. but that was like a really big moment for us like we didn't have like health insurance before like because she's like yeah. no no i'm not like working for you unless it's like a real company yeah so it got us like, like and now she's still like she's grown like as much as the company has grown i feel like she has grown with the company like yeah. in her role and her responsibilities and her ab- abilities like yeah she's That's incredible really cool. what are kind of your responsibilities on like a day-to-day basis so yeah. it's changing. It's, it's changed yeah, it's already. Like, so I used to do um, a lot of still being like customer facing. So I until recently did like a ton of the phone calls and curations for the remote clients or like meeting clients in person. And I also do all of like the content creation. And I still am like a psycho and answer every DM and like do everything on Instagram. That's really impressive. That's a lot of time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still like overseeing a lot of the customer experience and kind of, you know, signing off on a lot of it. But day to day, I'm doing more, focusing more on the content and the brand building and like the larger vision of the business. Okay, cool. And I kind of do more. I do all things like finance and make sure like we don't run out of money. Yeah. Operations. Um, operations. I make sure like the cl- all of our customer service is being like handled appropriately. People being followed up at the right amount of time. Things are getting, I handle a lot of the shipping, like logistics, insurance. And HR. And, like, all yeah. the like not fun parts yeah, of the I business. Yeah, I do all the fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's me. 
Oh my gosh. During all this time, like when did you guys get engaged? So we got engaged June of 2018, but then we didn't tell anyone for like months. I thought I was like super clever and like proposed to her on like a TV show we were airing. I mean, we were being part we of. We were filming, yeah. And then they didn't air it, but oh really? Yeah. They didn't tell us that for like seven or eight months. And is that why you guys kept it a secret? Oh. Yeah. So there was like a seven-month period where we were engaged, and no one in the world knew except so like you our were, family. You weren't wearing your ring, or you? No, oh I wasn't gosh. wearing it. Yeah. And we were like planning a wedding because like in we, secret. It was oh my gosh! Because we were like, there'll be a big reveal, like one. And then like, you realized. And then it was like crap. How did you guys end up finding it out? Did they finally they tell told you? Us or? Like, the last, like, it was like the last possible day. And it was kind of messed up because like they had been promoting it in the press and like we were very like hyped about it. Like if you like if you knew you knew kind of thing. Yeah. And so we were like, we never assumed it wouldn't air. Yeah. But I That's think it was so a good bizarre. lesson. It was something because like it was we a had good built lesson a whole in year around that. And I think you can't You build- can't rely on like out things outside of like your own control to like actually happen. So Oh uh, yeah, he took a gamble and like threw our. It like really surprised her. She didn't see it coming. I, um, I was very surprised. I didn't see it coming. So did you know like you were kind of getting engaged around that time period, or you no, really? No, I was like, we just started this company. We have no money. Like, how is he gonna propose to me? Like, I was like, we had had a conversation that we were gonna put it on the back burner for a little bit to focus on the clear mm-hmm. cut. So I was very shocked when he did. Yeah. How do you do all the like ring stuff behind her back? Like, how did she? So I'm lucky because she's like fourth generation or whatever. Her mom is okay, very cool. involved in the industry. And- so actually, my ring belonged to my mom's inventory, and I had seen it when I was eight years old, and I was like, "That's my engagement ring." That's so cool. But then she was like, "I'm not saving this for you. Like, you have to get your own ring." So I was like, "Okay," kind of forgot about it, and always thought I'd design my own one. But then when Kyle went to like ask for permission she like had it ready so he got like yeah so oh, she yeah, was like one amazing. of the only people who knew for a long time oh yeah my gosh. wait so how long was it in between asking and then proposing asking asking mom yeah uh like three weeks okay cool. that's pretty quick <laughs> that is so nice though yeah. that's so awesome it was cool and i think she enjoyed like being part of that moment yeah and, yeah like, yeah, I think she's about it. Yeah, that is so cool. Okay, take me through kind of like a day at the office, like a day at work. They're totally different every day, but I would say most of the time we get in at like 8.30, 8.45. It's a splattering between having some people, have some having some in-person appointments come into the office to like look at diamonds or create their rings. We have a ton um, of emails being sent out with options to all, most of our remote clients. Most of our clients don't come in person, so it's all handled online. I would say filming content, leaving maybe in the middle of the day to like film a podcast or something, coming back. And what what else do I do? Sourcing diamonds, shipping product out. It's kind of like every day is... Having someone freak out like, I actually want to propose tomorrow. Can you make the ring in like 24 hours? Wait, does that seriously happen? Yes. All the time. Or like, or I'm not going to propose now for 60 days and like, I don't want to pay you or like... Everything and everything There's in between. There's just like so many funny stories we could tell, but it's always like a one freak out, one like crazy thing that happens, and just like trying to like keep up throughout the day. And like basically by the end of the day, you like look up, you're like, oh my god, I feel like I like just went to like war. We try <laughs> to like have the entire team have lunch every day. We try, but like sometimes that means like we order sweet green like to the room. But like no, it's yeah. for lunch actually. <laughs> yeah, and that's cool. But like so we try because we're like it's good to get out sometimes and like have like a proper like time. But we're so busy, so 
Like Olivia's days are actually scheduled to like the 15 minutes. Like yeah. not like here, but like when we're in the office, like yeah. everything is like, if it's not on the calendar, like it's not, gonna it's happen. not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, yeah. I love that. How do you feel like you built up customer trust? Because mm-hmm. I feel like wedding rings, I mean, I don't really know much, but I know that's like obviously such a big commitment. Like how do you feel like you built up that trust and kind of loyalty because this is a brand that people are very loyal to. Totally. Yes, I think it's a few different things. First and foremost, I think it is through our community and our educational content. Like we put out the diamond industry or jewelry industry has historically been viewed as like could be sketchy, opaque, people hiding information. We're just like, here is all the information available to you, whether you purchase from us, whether you don't, like, I'm just here to give you, like, my knowledge. So I think that's, like, a really great way um, for people to, like, build trust in you. And, like, if you're participating in our online community, seeing what we're putting out, you're like, okay, like, I trust their opinions. We're very open with pricing. I'll, like, put a pricing for everything. So there's no, like, nothing we're hiding. We're very, Mm -hmm. like, transparent, education. And then I think, like, once you're in, like, the purchasing process with us, our customer service is our number one priority. Like if you have to wait like half an hour for us to answer an email, like that's not okay. Like we want to answer like immediately and like help with any sort of issue. Cause obviously think things come up no matter in anything you're doing, even if you want it to be perfect, like things happen, but it's just how you handle that and how you like the customer feels at the end of the day. And then like right? less of our control is like press. Like I do think like we were fortunate to have some like good press early on in the business and like, when you're buying what's typically one of the most expensive purchases of your life and you Google it and like positive things come up or like business inside of New York Times, like whatever it may be, it's like, okay, like this isn't. It gives you like a little bit of like credibility too. Or like if you see other people like write nice things about you, that's how it kind of grew organically. Like we had just some followers that were really passionate about it. And we're like, we'd love to like write an article on you guys. And that's how like the first couple pieces came out and like gave us like a little bit of credibility if you like have never heard of us before. Because like to your point, like we sometimes have like Olivia will throw up, I like, I don't know, a dime that she thinks is a really good deal that's like $15,000 on like stories and like someone would DM us like, here's my wire instructions, I want to buy it like and we'll sell it in like under an hour. But it's like $15,000 in like mm-hmm. an Instagram story. Like the only way that that works is if that person like inherently trusts the brand. Yeah. And- yeah. Yeah, and I think too, something I was going to say when you're talking about like sharing, you give a lot of free content out Mm -hmm. in a way. So not only does it like add a lot more value, but I think in when people do that, it kind of creates like a loyalty because people are already attached, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they feel like they know, especially like Olivia, they feel like they know her. And I still answer like every DM, like I still talk to people directly for our Q&A. So people, I think, feel like, well, I do have a relationship with, like, a lot of our, like, community and our followers, like, a direct relationship. And, like, because we've grown quickly, I think there wasn't that long ago, we were, like, so appreciative of anyone, like, you know, like, reached out. Like, yeah. so, like, the fact that, like, like... even emailed us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, now, it's, like, every time someone reaches out, we still kind of have that mentality in the back of our mind, like, wow, like, that's so awesome. Like We get excited for, like, anyone who wants to like come and be part of like our process or our community. So we want to like treat them like how we would want to be treated in that experience. And it's yeah. a, it's like a big responsibility. Like it's someone's engagement. Yeah. Like you don't want to mess it's that a lot up. Of money. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You don't want to mess it up. It's super expensive. It's a big like moment in your life. You it's a yeah. moment that you definitely don't want to mess up. How long is the process typically? I would say it totally depends like client to client. Some people 
the whole process normally how I like I like it to start two months before proposal because it takes about one month for production of the actual ring and then it's a variable on like how quickly we find your perfect diamond it can happen like within a week or it can take a couple of weeks so it kind of just depends some people like to buy their ring six months in advance and just hold on to it and like know they have it and some people will call me up and be like hey it's Monday can I have this ring by Friday and I just have to figure it out oh my gosh do you actually get them that quick like can you we do try. that we don't want to advertise that yeah. but we yeah. can if yeah. it's like a, if it's just like a simple solitaire super ring customized without yeah. like any small diamonds that need to be set like I can, can make it happen but do you have like a rush fee we don't, but everyone tells us we should, and like I think we should. We probably, I think you should. We, yeah, we probably we we should. We should. We, yeah, we will soon. I'm like, please, guys, get a rush. No, fee. <laughs> no, I think you're right. Like we have a rush fee. We have a yeah. rush fee now. Yeah. Actually, things have changed. Yeah, no, we it. actually have been implementing it more and more this this holiday season because like there were no. A lot I can of only rushes. imagine right now. It's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, whose idea was it for the podcast? Kyle's. It was Kyle's yeah. idea. Well, because you know what happened is like like how we said on this podcast, like how the origins of our Instagram growth were like collaboration. I was like, okay, like how do we get that like, ma- like secret sauce again? And how mm-hmm. do we like collaborate with people? Well, I think actually it first started with this one ring that we launched. So mm-hmm. we launched this ring in November called the Spark Ring. And it was really a ring. It's super like affordable. It's like $250, but it's a ring that represents like your hustle and like your motivation. And it's kind of like a community builder for like female empowerment. So I I wanted a piece that had like a little bit of extra meaning. And then we were like, I want to be more involved, like telling other women's stories that I admired because I was doing some podcasts and I was like, wow, this is so much fun. I Mm -hmm. wish I could do this on the other end. But it was like through that ring. And Kyle was like, I think like we should have a podcast and like this ring can be like the community builder for that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like jewelry is such a significant like item for so many people and like most jewelry like tells a story mm-hmm. and it's like let's get people on and like even and in every episode someone brings a piece of jewelry that means a lot to them that isn't ours you know it's like, yeah, let's, yeah like, that's cool like talk about like jewelry more m- more broadly yeah that's, and know. like what it means and how it like is part of your life and how you know a lot of times it's like passed on for generations and yeah. there's like so much sentimental value and it may not even be like an expensive piece no, that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, take me through like your morning routines and what you guys do mm-hmm. or like if you like read a certain book or if you do like have a certain habit or like favorite podcast, anything like that. Morning. So I think you have more of a morning routine than me. Well, you I, put on NPR like I put on so in bed, like before I even like do anything, I put on the five minute news summary from NPR. Okay. And um, I snooze. And Olivia's yeah. snoozing. <laughs> it's like her alarm. We get up. We usually don't eat breakfast. No, it's just, bad. Like, get ready. We, honestly, everyone's like the morning routine. Like my morning routine is like get running, up and leave, running out the door, like sleeping as late as I possibly can to like look decent and then run out the door. And we walk to work. We, we work oh, like so nice. fifteen minutes away. Yeah, and just like running to the. But we're always running. <laughs> we're always running. Yeah. So I wish I had like Maybe I answer. wish I could like wake up and have like a lemon water and like yeah, do yeah, yoga, yeah. but that's. It's not the case. No, it's like pretty straightforward. Like answer a few emails if yeah. they're like super urgent. And That's like it. try to like get coffee if I can. But yeah, Because yeah, we're in the office at 8.30. Yeah, so it's quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I wake up, like I just work out early. So I wake up. I like want to do that, but it would never be me. I, no, the only reason, honestly, the only reason I do it is because I, the school that I was going to here, I was commuting. I ended up commuting like an hour to school. Oh, so it cut my drive in half. 
So I would right. work out really early. Okay. And then I'm into that. Yeah. So that was big. And then if I don't, if I work out at night, I have no social life and I'm like a college kid. Right. So that was like my big thing. I'm like, I have to work out in the morning because it helps me traffic wise. And I can still see my friends. Well, that's good. Because we yeah. work out after work. So we're not home sometimes till like nine or 10 o'clock at night. Uh, like yeah. most nights. Yeah. It sucks. But <laughs> no, we worked out this morning. Which is unusual well, for us. I mean, like at like nine, that doesn't count. That's a big deal for it's us. So worked out. Who cares? Yeah. You yeah. know, whatever. I think I'm very like I was talking about this the other day, but people are so sad, and like I'm an early morning person, like mm-hmm. naturally. But also, it really just depends on my time of life, basically. Right. Yeah. But I was like, I'm for like having a routine that's good for you. Just because some CEO has a four a.m. Exactly. morning routine does not mean does not mean it's going to work for the next person. You know, yeah. it's I just think about- it's like this weird thing with people. Like, it's like. I don't know, people like fake. There's like an overemphasis on having like, that's an indicator of like having a success. Yeah. 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 Like there's yeah. some Being really successful together. people who just like have. I'm, a hot, up and I'm go. a hot mess in the morning. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a night person. I can like be up all night. But. See, yeah. I'm the opposite. I literally fall asleep at 9 p.m. Like it's so <laughs> that's bad. That's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But I have been like, I will stay up so late in the mornings are not my thing. I think for me, it just depends on like the what's time. Yeah, 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 what's going on, yeah. you know? Okay, so take me through uh, Forbes 30 Under 30. We'd love to hear all about it. <laughs> so we were like really surprised that we It was got something it. we always like wanted, but yeah. I was like, never thought we'd get. <laughs> Literally, I think it was like th- four years ago or five years ago, we're like, we were looking at the list and we're like, wow, like we'll never be Forbes. Like what would I do in my life to be Forbes 30 Under 30? I was like, that would be like impossible. So like a- for it actually happening is like super crazy, actually. And it was actually was interesting was, we had done that show when I proposed to Olivia and like never happened. So we were mm-hmm. very like skeptical of media. So like, I think actually with Forbes, like we had gone through a, a series of interviews with them and it kind of seemed like they're like, can we have your headshot? Can we like, but I was like, I'm not like jinxing. We're it. like, it's not happening. So like, at that happen. point, how, what's the process? Like, like, do they so reach out to you and immediately some, say it or someone nominates you? Okay. And then if you're nominated, then they'll reach out and then you have to apply. So there's like a whole like, and even that, I don't think that happens to everyone. Like you have to like, they have to even reach out. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are nominated, but then a few people get um, an application that's like super long. And you it's like, like applying to college. Yeah. It was like a really, really intense. What do they ask you? Like, can um, you even say that? I don't know. I think we can say it. Yeah. What were the questions? There were questions like, who is your biggest, who, who would be your dream mentor? Okay, like, cool. what was the a biggest? A lot of like business questions to like numbers about the business, like yeah. basic things like that. Who did you put for a dream mentor? Do you remember? Dream mentor. Did you do Emily Weiss? No. That's so, I, I was literally going to say, I'm obsessed with like any business her- models that are like glossy. Which is what ours so, yeah, well, it's I, the best. I did her for a person I looked up to to replicate our business yeah. because she started as a blog and then built a community that dictated the products she produced and mm-hmm. has this like super community base, super following. Yes. So it's someone that I've, I personally like always looked up to through like our growth and, and she process. went to NYU. Yeah, and, like, and she was actually one of the judges. Yeah, how sick is that? So oh, her, that's so. So cool. the person who like got us Forbes Center, like the person who ended up like approving it was Emily Weiss. Yeah, and, and you said like, like Michelle Obama. Obama or something, something right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, for the, I don't. So there's a really involved. I did like Sarah Blake because I look up to her a lot too. Okay, cool. Who's that? She is the CEO of Spanx and she did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like literally started the business by like going like door to door, like hustling her way into meetings. So So crazy. And she, I think, owns like 
the majority, if not all of her company still. Yeah. So which is wow. insane. Yeah. So yeah, cool. so it was like a really involved. It felt like applying to college a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and then you just wait, and then you don't find out. No, then they had another interview or two. Like a phone, phone interview. A few phone uh-huh. interviews. And then you don't find out after that until for months. Then it's, it's like they actually ghost you. out. You you only find out when it when, when it drops. Yeah. They don't yeah. even tell you. No. No. I mean, oh my gosh. They asked us for headshots and for like bios that could be like in print. So I thought that was like a sign that it probably yeah. was happening. But but I was like, things have. I don't like trust anything anymore yeah. until it happens. But yeah. when it dropped, it was cool. It was like really exciting. Where were you? Like what? What we was were, that like? In the office. I we think. were in the office, and I kind of like didn't really react to it because I and, was yeah, like, and all of our employees like be more excited and mm-hmm. like I don't know like how to like celebrate like, myself. Yeah, it was it was a weird feeling because it's like yeah, I feel like I'm really happy, but I'm what am I supposed to do? Like throw myself a party? Like yeah. no. Which I think people do do. Which well, I'm not hating on. I'm like, honestly, I'm it. <laughs> if someone in my life was on there, I'd be like, we're, yeah, yeah. we're throwing a party. Well, our employees like got us like a really nice bottle of champagne and we went out to dinner with them. So that was really that nice. That was nice. Yeah, yeah they yeah. took us out. That is so fun. So which one of you, would you say you were more excited? I think we were, we were both, both super really excited. excited. Yeah. I maybe I was because I'm closer to 30. So I was he's like, thank God. He's <laughs> like, my time's ticking. <laughs> like, he's literally turning 30 in March. So so I was like, this was it. When like, was this published? December. December okay, so. cool. Oh, it's that fresh? Yeah. It's, it's fresh. Like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like a month ago. Like I feel like for some reason, okay, that is so cool. Right now. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So you guys just go like, look at it all the time? We um, bought a few we, copies. Yeah, I would buy like When it like came 15. out, we like bought a couple copies. Honestly, it was like a similar feeling was like when our wedding, we had like a full page in the New York Times. And that, cool. that was super cool. Yeah. Like to like buy the New York Times and see your photo in it. Because yeah. I, I always wanted to like even be in like the announcements, you know, when yeah. you're like watching Sex and the City, like how Charlotte like wanted to be in the New York yep. Times. So that was like a cool feeling too. Yeah. That is so cool. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Yeah. I love this episode. Yeah. I love what you guys are doing. Like I said, <laughs> like this, I don't know. I'm so behind like the whole like loyalty and community based things. I think that that's the reason why like you guys are taking mm-hmm. off. Why Glossy has taken off. So I just think it's so cool. But Appreciate can you guys um, share where they can find you? Yes. So you can find us on Instagram at The Clear Cut. Also on YouTube at The Clear Cut. And follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Cozying Up with The Clear Cut. Love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will have The Clear Cut in the show notes down below. Also, do not forget to... Well, one... Join the Facebook group. I almost said follow the Facebook group. I'm 22 and apparently I'm losing my mind and I don't know social media anymore. Um, But join the Facebook group. It is so much freaking fun. And then also, if you guys have not already, be sure to join the mailing list on the newsletter. But hope you guys enjoy this episode and I will talk to you guys next week.